Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing, all you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's Bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. It is, at this point, an unsolved mystery in my new home, and damn it, I want answers. Do, 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 do. That was my unsolved mystery music. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> I don't know the theme, but I'm sure it was spot on. I was nothing close. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so I've moved into a new house. Uh, If you weren't listening last week, um, my fiance and I broke up, so she's in a different part of the city now, and I've moved into a new house. And most of my stuff was delivered uh, over the weekend and actually set up for me pretty well also. And one startling thing that I noticed when I got into my master bedroom was a framed half-naked picture of Kaylee. Oh. <laughs> nice. Welcome home, baby. That's right. Wrapped in a towel, all right, just so I could see everything exposed. Him giving his sexiest look also. There it was in a frame picture right there for me to see, and I am dying to know the with, history and how it got there. With a candle lit, yeah. by the way. That I is mean, true. If you really noticed that. Um, so as In terms of, I mean, I couldn't have paid for this positioning. It was, I was just as shocked as you. How you had that photo right there. Now, I don't know if you remember, I think this was Mo's first Christmas with us, I believe, when I came on, I think he had just started, and I believe I did a segment where I came on and I was a little... Uh, perplexed on what to buy you for Christmas because you pretty much have everything that you want. And you said at that time, oh, I just want a picture of you. So at <laughs> Kristen's house. Which clearly was a joke. Jokingly, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So at Kristen's house, when we're all giving <laughs> gifts, I handed you a f- wrapped, framed photo of me covering my junk in a towel. <laughs> a little hand towel might have you. Nice. Uh, Which was which from I- a bit we did on the air. Right. Yes. That we was did our from, own uh, towel series where we all posed in towels. Right. Correct. I and had I- clearly forgotten about that picture. Now, my question to you is, you have moved three <laughs> times, meaning you have boxed up that photo <laughs> and question. put it yeah. into each house. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
right? Like, many I mean, opportunities, many opportunities to go, you know what? Eh, I think we could get rid of that now. Yep. <laughs> nope, no one did. Now, when Kay Lee says, I've moved into three houses, he's talking about three houses in three years. <laughs> so it's been a lot of homes, right? And I do not recall it being out of any box. So I do not know how it, in this particular house, it got out of the box and ended up right in front of my eyes. You know what? Somebody with a beautiful sense of humor. <laughs> That's how it ended up that way. I mean, when I saw that, I mean, I was I was elated with happiness. I mean, like that. What a great prank. I mean, I don't know if you want to call it a prank, but just what a great. And it wasn't even like on the mantle in the living room. It was on his nightstand. Yeah, it was yeah. in the primary bedroom. Oh, what? what? On his nightstand. Like nightstand? Right there in the nightstand. <laughs> like with a candle lit. Okay. Like right next to it. <laughs> 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 now, I don't consider myself a homophobic person or anything. However, I got into... You should never follow that statement with however, by the way. However, <laughs> that means there's going to be some kind of excuse coming up. So I was into the house 24 hours before my son was. And, of course, he's going to come into the house and he is going to go from room to room to room checking everything out. So rather than me have to explain what this <laughs> very homoerotic picture was and explained to him this part of my life. I just decided, <laughs> I just decided I'm going to skip the dialogue on this one and I'm just going to put it in one of the drawers. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what if he goes looking and opens up some drawers one day looking for something and now you've got that photo in a drawer which makes it look like you're hiding something. Well, good. Then he... That, that would be fantastic because then he has to confess that he's been going through my drawers. Yeah, right? there's that aspect. Okay. Which he's not supposed to do. So he would hold that secret for his entire life. Thinking. And on my deathbed, go, hey, oh. Dad, tell me about that lover you had. Yeah, because yeah, I, right? He I, might already be hiding that secret. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw the picture because it was you a couple of years ago. Yeah. And while you are aging so well. Oh, well, thank you. You could tell you're younger in the picture. And if he didn't know you, then he might not know that was a picture of you. So he might be... <laughs> right now yes. sitting on the thoughts like I wonder what dad and that guy are into and not bring it up yet. <laughs> He's waiting for the right time. Now, maybe that's the reason why they broke up. <laughs> 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 now it's all making sense to Hollis. No wonder. <laughs> well, it's a well, it's a it's a well done photo. I I applaud you. Thank you. I, I didn't even do it's anything. It's the gift that keeps on giving. That's Kane. right. That's right. <laughs> no, I would rather it stop giving. Right now. <laughs> nope, it will live on forever. The Burt Show. All right, it is Tuesday, so it is time for Kristen's stupid bit of the week. ready to play a little bit of Goop. Price is right. Goop. Okay. Did she come out with all of her new items for Christmas? Yes. The Goop Holiday Gift Guide is here. If you don't know what Goop is, um, Gwyneth Paltrow started like a, a wellness website and um, it. she also, it's just, it's expanded and she does a holiday gift guide, much like what Oprah's done for many, many years. Oprah's favorite things. Okay. So tie these two things into me. For me together, because Gwyneth Paltrow says 
This is a health and wellness, yet one of her best-selling items was the candle that smelled allegedly like her junk. I think it started as health and wellness and, like, skincare and stuff like that, and now it's expanded to all areas. It's expanded yeah. to home decor. It's expanded, it's expanded to clothing. Like, she just she does a gift guide of all... These are basically her favorite things, but it's just called the Goop Holiday Gift Guide. Got it. Okay? Now, to be fair... I'm, I'm going to be kind here. There are things on this list that are under $100, but those things aren't fun to guess. She has different categories, she, you know, for her holiday gift guide. There's for him, for her, there's culinary, there's all, there's the... There are two major categories, one for broke-ass people, <laughs> and the other one is for people like me, is what she's trying to say. <laughs> but there is one category that is called the ridiculous but awesome gift guide, and that's where I've pulled these items for you to play prices right. Okay. All right. So the first item for you to bid on the large Paveo era bracelet. Inspired by modernist sculpture, this chunky bracelet curves comfortably around the wrist, creating a unique shape that's somewhere between oval and teardrop. Like all Tabayer pieces, it's handcrafted in Italy from fair mined gold, which is responsibly sourced from artisanal and small scale mining communities and conflict free diamonds compliant with the Kimberley process. Mm. Mm. All right. How much does a chunky bracelet cost? <laughs> Crafted in Italy, you say? It is. Mm, from conflict-free miners. Uh-huh. Can't be anything less than $3,500. Okay. I'm going a little higher. Okay. Though I'm bad at this. Um, 15000 Okay. I'll go somewhere in the middle there. Ten grand. Cassie? 12500 Bob. The average retail price of the large Pave O'Hara bracelet is... Let me ask you guys a question. What is the most expensive piece of jewelry you guys have? My engagement ring. Outside of that? My earrings. I have a, I have a pair of diamond stud earrings my husband got me as a push present. How much do those cost? Something like? My husband bought them. I don't know. Probably a pair of earrings as well. Yeah? Yeah. Thousands? No, I don't Hun- think hundreds. so. Hundreds. Upper hundreds probably. One of my chains is, is up there. How much? It's up there. <laughs> really? It ain't $29,000. Yeah, nah, like nah, it, it ain't that much. Like past $10,000? Around there. What? what? Yeah. What? Uh, How about you, Abby? Uh, I have one bracelet that's $150. Everything else is from Amazon. Yeah, I. that's not my currency, so I would guess this Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear jewelry, and I just don't you, spend money on it. You have a watch that's more expensive than that that we all bought for you for the 15th anniversary of the bird show. Oh, is that right? I, I think I turned around and I sold that. You probably mm-hmm. did. You <laughs> put the picture of Kaylee on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you got rid of the watch. I, I, w- I couldn't buy something for $10,000 and wear it. I just wouldn't. I, I, it, yeah. It's like, the, yeah, it's my prize possession. Yeah. All right, so the next item for you to bid on in the Goop Holiday Gift Guide Price is Right. The Inez 24 karat gold G spot vibrator. Oh, hi. (laughs) Hello. Is it fair trade gold? If something can make a super sleek vibrator even more sexy, it's 24 karat gold, right? Hmm. This sculpted toy is shaped just right for blank and blank stimulation. Under that gleaming gold, it's made with stainless steel body. Uh, It's made with a stainless steel body that gives it a super satisfying weight. And like other toys, it has an impressively powerful rumbly motor. Even if it weren't gold, it'd earn our top spot. All right, and I know what you're going to ask. Where's the G spot? No. (laughs) (laughs) 6.8 inches. 
Oh, I wasn't going to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) But again, 24 karat gold. Abby, I'm going to give it a thousand for every inch. So we'll we'll do, why not do 68,000? 68,000? Yeah, or 6,800. We'll take a zero. What's it going to be? We'll do 6,800. Okay. <laughs> Better be worth it, though. All right, Mo? Um, yeah. Mm, 8,500. Cassie? I'm going to go 800. Yeah. Uh, I'll go 1,500. The word artisan wasn't included in the description, <laughs> so it's cheap. The Inez 24 karat gold G-Spot vibrator is 15,000. Give it to Mo! Come on. Y'all don't know how to be rich. Wow. I mean, do you really need that precious uh, metal down there? It's antimicrobial. Oh. Um, so so ha- it's clean? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I have more that are even way more expensive than Okay, that. we're not done with that. Okay. The Burt Show. Before we get into the entertainment buzz here, let's get to the serious stuff. Uh, an update on our producer, Rebecca, who a couple of weeks ago told you guys that she has tongue cancer, went in for surgery, and we've been giving you guys some updates, but a bunch of you guys have been asking how she doing, and we can answer that today. Yeah, Rebecca is doing much better. She's made a lot of progress to the point where she has been discharged from the hospital Amazing. and is resting comfortably at home. Um, and if you have any dope baby puree recipes, send them my way. I'll compile them and give them to her mom. Is that legitimately all she can eat? She's eating applesauce right now. So okay. it's going to be a while. Remember, she told us she's going to have to learn how to re- uh, relearn how to swallow again. I'm um, going to have to go to speech therapy. And she she says she's talked. Um, she's not she's not sounding like her normal or old self, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but she's doing great. And so, yeah, it's purees for now. Yeah, no, we're we're very serious about that. So Puree it, recipes is what yeah, we're looking well, for? Well, she's like broth recipes. Obviously, she can do soup. That has nothing in it. Um, she was she was so cute because she posted a picture of her eating soup for the first time on her Insta story. Mm-hmm. Um, any type of smoothie, she's been approved to use a straw. So any kind of smoothie recipes you have, puree recipes you have, we would love to send those to her family. That way she can do something different besides applesauce. <laughs> um, can they send those directly to you, Cass, or you yeah. want them to produce her? Which one? No, send them to me, Cassie, at thebirdshow.com, and I'll make sure I'm, I'm chatting with her mom, so I'll make sure her Great. mom gets them so Rebecca doesn't have to worry about any of this. Great. All right. Into the entertainment bus. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment bus. They were the movies that made him a star, but he says they made him feel dead inside, which is so far beyond an insult. It's honestly shocking that someone would say this publicly and in writing. So I'm talking about Jacob Elordi. He recently did an interview where he was talking about his upcoming film Priscilla that he's doing with Sofia Coppola. But he was asked about his experience filming the Kissing Booth trilogy that was on Netflix. Now, if you've never seen the Kissing Booth trilogy, they are these cheesy teen romance films that were on Netflix. They were based off of, like, fanfic. I mean, it was basically trashy television, but they were really enjoyable, as cringy as they were. And they were popular, too, and they kind of started to make him a household name, right? So popular. I mean, he got euphoria after this. I mean, I don't know if the casting process was happening, you know, before it was even released, but that was basically the movie that made him a name that people recognize. Was this the tall, abusive kid in Euphoria? Yes. Okay. The really, really tall guy with floppy brown hair. He's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, that guy. Um, But he said those movies are ridiculous. They're not universal. They're an escape. He he talked about how he was pretty much prepared to do one of them, but then it became two, and then it became three. Mm. He said, my quote, one for them, I've done it. 
it can become 15 for them, but then nothing for you. You have no original ideas and you're dead inside. So it's a fine dance. And then of course, like talking about feeling dead inside when it comes to the movies that made you a household name, the interviewer said, well, don't you think that's kind of pretentious to like bite the hand that feeds you? And he said, how is caring about your output pretentious? but not caring and knowingly people s knowing that you're making money off people's <clears throat> time, which is literally the most valuable thing that they have. How is that the cool thing? But if people are enjoying watching it, who are you to tell them that you shouldn't be enjoying this? Because he's an artiste and he's looking to do something deeper for his process. Like I get if he felt it was beneath him, right? But it's like, um, isn't it part of the paying your dues and holly? Like there's, I think every actor started mm -hmm. off doing stuff they weren't crazy about. I, I'm sure like you can, uh, John Travolta didn't want to do a McDonald's commercial, but he did it because he, he was a working actor and that's how, you know, he was going to make his way into the game and start moving up. So yeah. He's I, just saying he's not proud of the work. Like people liked it. I mean, we could certainly point to segments on this show where I'm like, oh God, and people loved it. But then I think like, Really? That was terrible. It's one thing for a segment. That's an entire movie. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think you're completely right. But as an artist, there, there is something to like the work that you're not proud of. It's yeah. almost painful when people enjoy it. <laughs> right. And it's hard to explain, but it, it really does make you feel like, why do you like that? It's me at my worst. <laughs> it really wasn't him at his worst. I mean, I get why he's a little cringed out by it because, like, these are very, very cheesy, like, tween movies. Completely understandable. But I think, and I hate to use the word likable, but it just makes, you didn't have to say anything. You could just say, you know, I wasn't the type of project I was really interested in working on. Glad that I'm doing other stuff. And then go into raving about your experience with Sofia Coppola and um, Emerald Fennel. He's doing like all these very like indie artsy films now. So just be proud of that. He's essentially telling people like you're stupid if you watch these because they're like mm -hmm. it, they're, there's other things worthy of your time. Right. <laughs> so he's told everybody who has watched that you just time sucked yourself and you screwed yourself. You're never going to get that time back. And when you get to the pearly gates, God's going to tell you how many hours you spent watching the kissing booth and you're not going to be able to get that back. That, that escalated quickly. <laughs> not, not the first time a man. It's called me dumb. Right. <laughs> Brittany Mahomes is probably going to lose her spot in Taylor Swift squad once she sees her resurfaced tweets from 10 years ago. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. Right. The Burt Show. Your friend thinks you're toxic. Do you respect their boundaries or drop them as a friend? You can find that out. We got new bonus material today. It has already dropped. You can find it at thebirtshow.com slash bonus BS. All right, so there are a couple of needs here, right? You got uh, one person that uh, has pretty dirty house, and her friend doesn't have a job. So is it awkward to go, hey, you know what? I know we're friends and all, but how you feel about cleaning my house? That's the email that we got this morning. Hi, Bird Show. Found you guys on Facebook and have been listening ever since. Thanks for keeping it real with your family meetings. Life is hard. Hope everyone on the show is doing better. My boyfriend and I are a couple of years out of college and doing pretty well financially. We make a sizable income and have a beautiful home. Many of our friends are not as fortunate, or should I say as established as we are yet. Between the economy and less career ambition, there is a clear financial divide. We do activities within our friends' budgets and save expensive meals or events for just the two of us. My problem is that we have a housekeeper who comes every month. She's moving and no longer able to clean our home. My boyfriend wants to offer the job, 
to two of our friends who have the time to clean and could really use the extra money. It'd be one thing if one of our friends cleaned homes for a living, but no, mm. neither one of them does this for a living. It would be a side hustle for extra cash. Will our friends be offended if we even make this offer? Not that there's anything wrong with cleaning houses. It's a respectable job, but it will seem like a pity offer and make them feel worse rather than better. Also, do we really want friends going through our things? My boyfriend thinks it's a win-win, but I think this has the potential to cause so many problems, and it's not worth it. It's a tough one to answer uh, without offending people that clean homes, <laughs> right? Um, man, I, I feel like I need more info on, like, how desperate is the family? Because you got babies, man, and you don't know how to feed them. You're taking any offer in at all, right? Well, they're just out of college. So we're going to assume that, and this is boyfriend-girlfriend, so we're going to assume these people are in their early 20s, they're not married and there's no kids involved, okay? That, that's the, that's the, the assumption I'm going to make. And then um, let's just go ahead and take house cleaning, house cleaning out of it. Take any side job that you need done at your home, period. And you approach a friend who has not asked you for money, who has not complained about um, their finances, and say, hey, do you want this for extra cash? I can see how, depending on the person, it could be taken as a pity offer and make them feel worse about their situation. I'm I'm not asking my friends this. <laughs> I don't think I could bring myself to do it. If anything, what I would do is when we're around, I would just have casual conversation about it and just bring up that my cleaner is moving. Now I got to find another cleaner. I'm desperate. I got to find somebody quick. And I feel like in that situation, if it's something that they're even remotely interested in, they'd say, I'll do it. If I don't get that, then I'm not initiating this conversation. I think it would offend someone. Yeah, employing your friends in any scenario, I think is just an absolute recipe for disaster. I mean, take out whatever the job is, having to be like your quote unquote friend's boss for, you know, whether it's a side hustle or it's like an actual job. I just think mixing those two things is never going to end well. And I do think there is like a stigma around like the actual job to where if they really are struggling financially, I do think they will perceive it, even though that's not the reality, they will perceive it as a pity offer. All right, well, it's happened here. Katie, if you don't mind, will you please grab a mic? Because I asked Katie if she wanted to house sit and watch my dogs for extra cash. Were you offended? No, not at all. Okay, but there is, I mean, let's be honest, there is a difference here. So um, your husband is a former contractor before he became a house husband, right? He does a great job on that. Uh -huh. So Stay at home, dad. Stay at home, dad. So if I were to ask him to do something under his experience to yes. come on in, cut something, add something, that's one thing. But asking somebody, I don't know, man, to like clean my toilets as a friend uh -huh. just feels very, very different to me. Yeah, because you're asking them to clean up your filth, essentially, you know, and there is a stigma around it. And actually, I find cleaners are very highly skilled and mm -hmm. properly cleaning a house is really difficult, especially like the techniques. I, I'm on clean TikTok way too much <laughs> and I follow professional cleaners and it is fascinating what they do. You're but then, wild. You are wild. <laughs> My husband's like, damn, girl, slow down. Slow down. It's only one life. Let's right. go. But at the same time, it's there is something about being, yeah, asking your friend to clean your toilets and clean up after your mess. It, mm -hmm. it feels, even though it shouldn't, there's that stigma there and it just feels 
almost like you're beneath them. You know what I mean? But even though I don't, I would never feel that way about a professional that I hired to clean my house. Sure. It's, it's a job and it's a trade. It's different when it's personal. I think Moe's nailed it. Like you bring up your problem and if they volunteer, now we've got a match. But if mm. they don't bring it up, then I think I totally stay clear from it. Yeah, I stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. The Burt Show. All right, so Cassie and Abby was a couple of weeks ago. You brought this great idea to the table for all the nerds. Nerds. <laughs> nerds. For all the people who like watching cleaning videos on TikTok. <laughs> we have uh, launched or relaunched our book club, the Burt Show Book Club, and we are at almost a 1,000 members Come in on. our book club. There are, a thousand, uh-huh. there are a 1,000 people in this listening audience that read? Yeah, well, especially when it's Fourth <laughs> Wing and Iron Flame, which is what we're reading. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? It's that? spicy. Say that. Yeah. They're, they're not nerds. They're horny nerds. There's a difference. Yeah, a lot of husbands are getting laid this week and they have no idea why. And it's because of their wives' dragon books. But we literally, we have members from Georgia, Minnesota, Idaho, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, California, all over the U.S. We also have members from Canada. Australia and Brazil who are joining. So you do not have to be local. We will meet in person late January. So we are reading Fourth Wing and Iron Flame, which are two hot books that are out. Iron Flame just dropped. You have all of November and December. We'll meet up late January. But if you're not local, we'll all discuss it in the Facebook group. And you can find um, you can find the link to that on our socials. And again, I do feel a need to give kind of a disclaimer. These are like horny chick books. Yes, right? this is 18 and up. There is a plot. It's a plot, but there is <laughs> yeah. spice. Yeah, is there's a lot it. of plots online and a lot of videos I watch. They're just, <laughs> oh. They all end up in the same area. This is a <laughs> good plot. It's very readable. It's fantasy, but it's not like Lord of the Rings. It's, it's more readable. And uh, 18 and up only. Cassie and Abby, I have an idea. I thought about this. Because you have so many people in this group and if you do it like on Zoom or whatever, I bet you can get the author to be part of it. Oh, damn. Rebecca Yaros, what's up? That? I bet you can. That would be cool. Oh my well, gosh. We should do that with all the authors. Well, if she's not in the middle of writing her next in her WAP series, then maybe. <laughs> WAP number five. Wad, wet ass dragons. So much better than Mama number five, by the way. Absolutely. So you are still taking people onto the book. Club. Oh my gosh. Any and everyone join, and we're going to jump around different genres as we go on, but we hope to do this every couple of months. Cool. All right. So uh, are you having a tough time getting motivated this morning? Like maybe you can't get out of bed. You're having a really difficult time just starting your day. So the shoe company Asics has put together a song that they swear will put you in a better mood and immediately give you some motivation to get out of bed. And they did some science behind it also. They took 40,000 submissions from all sorts of people just kind of sharing what inspired them to get active. Then they hire a writer and they hire a producer also. They create this instrumental track to play behind the poem and it's at a frequency that's supposed to help produce endorphins when you hear it. So you're about to pop right out of bed. Okay. Okay? Okay. This is the poem that they say is the perfect poem to put you in a good mood and motivate you to start your day. Okay? It can feel gloomy in here. The overwhelm, the sleepy sludge. Fighting off the thought of just for a day giving up. Screaming, give me a break. Why can't waking up be enough? Breaking up with faking thoughts of everything is fine, thanks. Because it's not. Being human is tough. 
I need time to show myself some love. I want to shake my body until it releases tiny voices that sing songs my head can shake off. I want to bathe in the commotion. I want to become the very notion of a transformation. I am every ounce, stretch and bounce of feeling. I am the crowd of my mind's elation, showing myself with every minute that what I never thought possible, even this morning, will keep on shifting. With the bass thump of my heart, with the pace of my feet, all of this meets in my mind. Nothing feels better than this brilliance, than this healthy, empowered, committed moment. Anything? Um, I mean, it was nice. <laughs> They ain't do it for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't as different. energizing as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, I, her accent was nice. It was. Yeah, I'm going to pass, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're moving on to Hollywood. Did, did none yeah. of us turn our red chairs around? Nobody. Nah. nah I'd rather listen to a Pitbull song. So <laughs> this is supposed to do what? It's supposed to, like, motivate you, get you out of bed, just hearing, like, the Hertz frequency is supposed to no, man. Know, produce endorphins that make you feel like starting your day. I hit snooze again. What about I you? Think I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot less motivated than when it started. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I think part of it was the accent. Yeah, I mean, but if it was an American accent. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. Yeah. All right, go ahead, buy yourself some new balances because ASICs don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the Bird Show. Before you guys start to freak out, I just want to let you know that this apology has been commissioned by Tommy. I asked him if we could apologize on the air today. <gasps> oh. And he said yes. I'm sorry, Tommy. Man, did we mess up the other day. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. It's mostly Kristen and Mo. Hey! <laughs> so, poor Tommy. Um, are you on my... I can't well, see He's that. He's getting our caller on the line. Okay. So, <laughs> he's here. not available for the apology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Okay. So, um, poor Tommy. Um, had a bit of a reaction to whatever uh, on Friday. Almond milk. Are you sure it was the almond yeah, milk? Yeah, I'm not going to do an endorsement on the radio anytime soon for almond milk. <laughs> Does almond milk go bad, or was this the first time that no, it's just no, ever... No, 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 no. I'd just been drinking lots of it. Normally, I have lactate, because, you know, lactose intolerance and all that. God, you're sexy. So, <laughs> lactate's usually my go-to. We were out of lactate, and Renee buys coconut milk and almond milk, and I tried almond milk. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I made some Cheerios the night before, and I pour a gallon in. <laughs> and it did not fare well with me. Yeah. So, um, Tommy, uh, from time to time, will be a public pooper, which is really not a big deal here. Okay. Got to do it. You make it do. sound maybe, like he takes a dump right here in studio. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should tell this story. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so, there I am sitting in the uh, bathroom shoeless. <laughs> and I, well, there's a little backstory to it because from time to time you will leave the studio, and I'll notice when Katie's on the board instead of you. Um, yeah. And you were gone for a longer period of time than usual, and that was the first signal. I'm like, <laughs> all right, where's Tommy? Yeah. yeah. And every person who walked in the bathroom, I'm like, please don't let it be one of them. <laughs> don't let it be a person from the show. Anybody but the bird show. And everybody was quiet. <laughs> Nobody laughed. And I slid my feet over because I'd taken my shoes off. I slid my feet over because you have to, like, bend down and really look to see my feet, Mo. 
No, you don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I just gotta walk in. Um, I hate to tell I, you, Mo took a picture. You don't have to bend down. You don't have to bend down at all. I thought about uh, yeah, and that was another thing. <laughs> You should have used the stall that's by that, the wall. That was what took it over the top. Oh, that's the what fact did that Mo, Mo took a picture. I didn't know it was he him. Did, he didn't know it was you, Tommy. To be fair, he did not know it was you. I had no you. clue. So Everybody knew it was me. No, no, no. we really no, didn't. We did not. We Mo, didn't. We, there were a couple, myself, Cassie, and Katie knew you were having stomach issues and you were in the bathroom. Bert and Mo had no idea. Mo came in and said a guy was like shoeless in the bathroom, but he had no idea it was you. It was bad. It was real bad, y'all. We couldn't figure out why you were taking your shoes off. Uh, I don't even want to get into it. Okay. Um, so it, we found... It was, it was bad. We, we found some comedy in that and ran with it. Um, oh, if, yeah. If you didn't I, miss the... I heard all the comedy. You heard the comedy. <laughs> I can laugh at it now. Thank thank God. Um, we made sure not to disclose your name on the air. Renee was... Oh, uh, that's, that's the thing. She was so mad. Here's the thing you got to know about Tommy's wife, Renee. <laughs> Seriously, the- she is like, um, she is Jesus' right-hand woman. <laughs> so, she is a saint. To anger her, you've really done something special. So, and she was pissed. Uh, so I started texting with Chris, and I'm like, I'm done. I quit. Yep. <laughs> he literally I will, quit the show. I will never <laughs> come back here again. And then proceeded to tell me that the Christmas yeah. party's at my house. Yeah, because I'm texting with Renee. She goes, Christmas party's not happening. Happening in our house. Oh, damn. And I'm like, I texted Chris and that. And right about that time, it was like real time information because I'm texting this. Kristen's in the background. Y'all, y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop. Yeah. The angel over here, Kristen, who had the idea to like send Mo in there and interview you well, uh, while you were in the I store. I knew how bad okay, it was. The I, own angel. It. I own it. And I made sure I, well, I, was- I texted not only Tommy, but I also texted Renee and apologized. Later okay. that day, I did too. tell me if this is true. Did Katie tell y'all not to talk about it? No, it, no, I, I do I thought, not recall that. No. no, 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 no. It was Kristen saying that before they went on air. She was telling B, no, don't oh, do it. She's okay. like, don't, don't do it. it, don't do don't it, do don't, it. Don't, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. And then ten seconds before the mic goes on, and she goes, don't do it. Or we should send Mo in there to interview him. And then that's when I said I, I was in Kristen's ear. I was like, no, 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 no. He's listening now. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what. But yeah. you had literally quit your job from the toilet. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you live streamed the show from the toilet. Wow. I almost called in from the toilet. It's <laughs> funny outweighs everything, usually. But then, the, but then the thing with the picture of the shoe, of the socks, I'm like, seriously? Mo, a picture in the bathroom. Yeah, I've been in diapers and pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I laugh through it sometime, bro. Uh, so, um, so Renee forgives us. Oh, it looked like a war scene. In oh, Tommy. Your little okay. Okay. Right. We apologize, Tommy. Yes. But more importantly, Renee, we are sorry. Yes. Please forgive y'all us. Know, yes. Y'all know the elevator scene from The Shining. Okay. No. Wow. Just switch out. <laughs> just red to brown. Okay. All right. Well, we are very sorry for being insensitive. We didn't realize it was that bad at the time. I mean, it was violent. Like, Renee had to come back to the studio. It was violent. So Just don't have almond milk around me. I don't even want to see almonds. Okay. Oh, God, I hope I get you a secret Santa this year. <laughs> okay, you already have your person, by the way. But we're I fine. Do. Yes. <laughs> 
Is there an email? Okay, let's go ahead and shift gears real quick. Okay. Yes, the drawing occurred last Friday. It did. Yes, so everybody has their people, so you okay. know to shop. Look for your Elfster email and get okay. your person their gift. Anyway, Tommy, we all apologize. I appreciate it. A lot. It. Okay. More so for Renee. We just don't. We don't, we don't care if you're I'm mad sure. at us. We just didn't want Renee mad at us. Uh, we're okay. I, I did. Tr- I mean, I, of course, I didn't want you to quit, and I want us all to do this together. I did find the comedy in going from like person to person at conventions when they're like, "What happened to Tommy?" <laughs> Me going like, "Well, we he quit because we were making fun of him poop pooping." I, I, didn't, I didn't want to tell that story for the rest of my life. Boy, I sure did. But I'm glad you're here. Yes. Okay. The Bird Show. All right, let's get Alicia on here. She actually wants her husband to mess up this to catch a cheater. She has got a foot out of the marriage already, and she feels like this is going to be the thing for sure that gets her out. I think I have that right. Hey, Alicia. Hey, hey. Good morning. How are you today? I mean, I'm good. I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I can't believe that it's the truth, but I'm I'm hoping to find out that my honey might be cheating. I, I'm looking for a reason to walk away. Okay. Wow, you must be going through it, girl. Yeah, I mean, why do you? Well, give us the history here, because there's an obvious question. Why don't you just take off? But um, t- give us the history leading up to this. Yeah, I've only been married for two years. Is the thing, so it hasn't been super long. But I am absolutely miserable. I mean, it's it's the loneliest I have ever been in my whole life. And I feel like I've given so much to the relationship, but he just, he does nothing. Like, I've told him I'm unhappy. Nothing changes. Um, nothing has changed in the slightest, even. I just keep hoping and hoping, and nothing occurs. I've asked for counseling, too, and he won't go. Um, I see my own therapist, but, you know, it takes... It takes two people to make any marriage, any relationship for that matter work, but especially a marriage. So, and you, did you say two years or 10 years? Two, only two. And that's, that's why I, I really, part of me, a large part wants to walk away, but I don't feel like I can since it's only been two years. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I feel like this is so unnecessary. Like, if your heart's not it anymore and you're not in love with this dude and you've gone to counseling and it's still not there for you... And you're not, nobody, there are very few people, I say this a lot, there are very few people that are stuck. It's scary to do what you're going to have to do and leave and be by yourself and go through all the legal crap. It's tough, but you're not stuck. So what what's going to happen here that's going to totally change your attitude to go, you know what, I, I am going to stay. Nothing. Are you embarrassed of the fact it's only been two years and that's why you're staying? So much of it comes down to the fact that it's only been a short period, and I just think I'd be throwing in the towel maybe too soon. I have no reason to believe that he's cheating. It just wouldn't surprise me because of how bad it is. I'm going to try to be sensitive here because I'm just going through a breakup, uh, so I don't want to get this thing too personal. Well, but. maybe you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I want to give advice based on life experience. I just mm-hmm. don't want to hurt people in the process. Um, I just think that you don't have to get to a miserable place before you you ha- you, you can take off. Uh, and I have made that mistake many times in my life in many relationships, business and personal, uh, looking for an out. Um, and you don't need to, to get there. Who cares what other people are going to think about your two years? You're unhappy. I know it's a cl- cliche, but life is short. Mm-hmm. You've given everything you have. When you're out of love, get out. You're just wasting time. Yeah, Alicia, did you feel like any of this 
was going to happen before you got married? Like, did you see any signs before you guys like planned the wedding and actually said vows? Did you see this coming at all? I really feel like I didn't. Even looking back now, I I don't think that I saw any red flags or anything like that leading up to it. It's almost like he's become a pretty different person since we've had the wedding and since we've moved forward in that capacity. He's so different. The whole thing is different. I I can't even, I have a hard time explaining it, but yeah, it's, I didn't see warning signs. And if I did, I moved right past them and didn't even acknowledge them because even looking back, I can't decipher them. Hmm. And I, you know, I'm proud of you for doing therapy and doing your part and talking with your parent and therapist is, is, is he different or could you also be different as well? It's a good question and a good point. I mean, I do think that I have grown in my time with my therapist. Mm-hmm. So if I have changed, I would say it's been positive changes. Okay. Um, and I think my therapist would agree with me on that. So maybe I'm just not putting up with as much. That makes sense. That I used to before. Okay. I don't want to be adversarial here, but... And I'm really happy that you're feeling this progress in in your therapy. However, this is not something that your therapist would endorse. I mean, trying to catch your man cheating just so you can get out of the relationship is not something any therapist would say, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do have a therapist that endorses that, we want them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm trying, you're going to have more problems if we test this guy and he doesn't cheat. Okay. And then you're really going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay, this is all on me. I got to take off with no gimmicks. Look at you trying to be healthy. So instead of doing To Catch a Cheater, War of the Roses, would you rather ask Alicia to have a conversation with her husband tonight and be like, either we go to couples counseling or I walk? I (gasps) I mean... Look, for the radio, it's really great to do uh, to catch a cheater or the roses. But I think, honestly, and maybe I'm just more sensitive because I'm going through the same thing right now. Uh, I think you should talk to him tonight and tell him, like, this is it. This is my line in the sand. And if you say no to this, this is the ultimatum. It proves to me that you're really not into it, that you're not as invested in this relationship as I am. And if he says no... We don't have to do any of this, these shenanigans, these radio shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, if you're not motivated to leave already with what you already feel, I don't see how going through with this is going to motivate you anymore. Go woman up. Go have a conversation with your man. Ugh. I know. Okay. I feel like I've talked to him already before, but I haven't gone to the extreme of, like you said, an ultimatum. Look, wait 24 hours. If you want us to do this in 24 hours, go for it. If you want, we suggest you have the conversation with him tonight. If it becomes game time and you don't want to do that and you come back to us, we will do it. But I think Kristen is right on. I think have the convo with him. Do it the right way. Get out clean. Yeah, I don't want to delay either. I feel like if I'm going to go that route, mm-hmm. then you know, have my deadline is like you're saying tonight. Like, just get, just get to do it. Don't hold off because what, what difference is more time going to make? I've already wasted exactly. more time than I have wanted to. We Absolutely. have your back either way, but just, yeah, let's, Thank let's you. do this and then we'll revisit tomorrow. Well, okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. I appreciate we'll, that. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Oh, maturity mm-hmm. is so boring. Well. It's not a good ratings winner. No I one's getting it. bonuses if we keep suggesting this kind of mature crap. Get her back on the line now! <laughs> <laughs> the Bird Show.
Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. It's been a lovely couple of weeks, Brittany Mahomes, but you're about to get kicked out. Ooh, wow. Maybe. <laughs> so Brittany Mahomes might be getting kicked out of Taylor Swift squad now that some of her old hate tweets about Taylor have resurfaced. Oh, shut up. Like real hate tweets? Yes, like angry girl stuff. Okay, if you befriend... (laughs) If you befriend Taylor Swift, how do you conveniently forget that you tweeted bad stuff about her and not go in there and scrub that Twitter timeline? Well, what is bad stuff? Let me me tell you. So, they're about a decade old. So, Britney was 17 years old in 2012. Britney tweeted this to Taylor. She said... I want to know when you're going to find something different to write about besides boys and relationships. <laughs> she was 17 years the old. The following year when she was 18, an adult, she posted, an <laughs> <laughs> she posted an angry face emoji along with the phrase, Taylor Swift winning everything, less than, less than, less than, less than. So like, you know, she's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of more, but she's since deleted the tweets and the Swifties, of course, are coming for her. Okay, so if you're in this situation, you're yeah. Taylor Swift. You're laughing about it now, right? Absolutely. Here we are, friends, right? Yeah. I completely. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> Ten years ago? I wouldn't be mad about it, but I probably would look at you a little differently. Really? Probably. It would rub me the wrong way. I could see it triggering Taylor a little bit because I think that's one of the mm-hmm. the criticisms that she is annoyed about the most. But I think at this point in her life, like she's so goo goo gaga over Travis right now that I don't think she has any capacity <laughs> to be annoyed in any way. And I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure Brittany came to her and said, hey, I was a hater back in the day. I'm so sorry I sent those tweets to you. I hope we can still be friends. And I bet you Taylor said, all right, girl, bottoms up. And then yeah. they drank champagne together. I don't hold anybody responsible for what they did at 16, 17, or what they said on Twitter at 18 years old. Hmm. I mean, because it's just funny. Because 17-year-old Brittany, you know, not she wasn't Brittany Mahomes then, but 17-year-old Brittany never thought in a million years she'd be hanging <laughs> right. and partying with Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. But now that the opportunity has arisen to hang out with one of the world's most famous people uh, who's reached billionaire status, I do believe... Oh, all of a sudden now, you know. But it's not like the tweets are like, I hate every fiber in your body. You annoy me. It wasn't anything like that. No, I know. But I don't know. I just like befriending a hater. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. I don't know if it's even a hater. Uh-uh. I feel like when you're that age, at least for me, you're trying to figure out yourself. And back then it was cool. There were two camps. You either loved Taylor Swift or you had to be part of the other camp where you hated on her. And it was just like. I, I don't a teenage girl thing. Like I wouldn't even read into those tweets. I'd be like, it's a, a weird teenage girl trying to find her place and deciding this is going to be part of her personality profile. I feel like this is a very good lesson for Gen Z, and I think the next generation is called the Alpha Generation. Gen right? Alpha. Okay. Oh, we're starting all over again, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. we have huh. to start back at the beginning. Thought we were out at letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, just know when you tweet celebrities nasty things. Yep. You might be hanging out with them one day and it could come back to bite you in the butt and you get kicked out of the club. Goes on your permanent record. 100%. Delete your Twitter, kids. All right, there's a new theory going around that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey could cause a national baby boom. On time out, where is your intro? Oh, no, we didn't. I, this isn't quite breaking news, though. Oh, okay. Do you was, want the intro? Um, Yes. Okay, for intro. To talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's your breaking Davis news now on The Bird Show. You know what, Abby? This is your segment now. You're allowed to tell the retiree. Yeah. 
<laughs> who took herself out of the game? You're allowed to tell her, hey, this is my segment now. Okay? But remember who has to fill in for you whenever you need to take a day off. <laughs> you do. That's right. So there's a new theory going around that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey could cause a national baby boom. So I saw this from Jack Mack on Barstool on TikTok, and he was commenting on a tweet that predicted that the mid-20s to late-30s demo of women uh, will start having kids and settling down once Travis and Taylor settle down. He's predicting there's going to be a huge shift in people moving to the suburbs and having babies. As I'm sure you all know, not a lot of people are having kids anymore. Quite frankly, nobody has any money. And the baby boomers think we can fix everything by not having avocado toast in the morning or not going and getting our daily coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> all jokes aside, it is clear. There are a lot of people not having kids, not planning on having kids. Marriage is also on the decline in the United States of America. Now, how do we start marrying again and having kids? Um, these two. If these two get married and have a bunch of kids, oh my goodness gracious, the trajectory of human history may be changed. <laughs> Marriage will be cool again. Having kids will be cool again. That's what he likes to call journalism where he basically just makes loose claims, yeah. which, you know, I can totally see it happening. Like once Taylor gets pregnant, I can see all the girlies hopping on, on board. Like, like it's, it's a trend. It's still early and I've heard a lot of dumb things on this show already this morning, but this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst take? This is the worst take, yeah. <laughs> I love any chance I can do, I can get to talk about Taylor and Travis. All right, well, Brazil is going to look a little different when Taylor comes to town this weekend. I'll tell you all about it on your next E-Buzz on the Burt Show. I can, I can help on this one. She has really made messed up my vacation plans, honestly. Get ready for more. Uh-huh. The Burt Show. Well, you guys, I haven't been able to see out of one-fourth of my right eye for like the last eight, nine, ten weeks, right? Um, I explained to you guys that doctors couldn't figure it out, optometrists couldn't figure it out, went to get an MRI and a brain scan, maybe that had something to do with it, haven't been able to figure it out. No, they didn't find anything in there. The brain? <laughs> I saw a picture of it. Oh, you did? Now, I don't know it works really well, but there is something up there, I assure you. Okay. Um, and now we know what it is. So I went to go see a doctor the other day, um, yesterday, a neuro-ophthalmologist. They shouldn't even let you in the office unless you can say that a couple of different times. So I go, um, and uh, it's been this sort of film on one quarter of my right eye that I can see through. Like if you're looking through, um, you know, like um, when your mirror fog, not your mirror, but your uh, window fogs up in your car before you put the frost on, it's like that. So you can see through it, you're just not really, really well. Nobody's been able to figure it out. So she finally took a look at everything, and I really trust her a lot. Uh, she went to Harvard and Duke. Ooh, and wow. I think, I think Cornell might be thrown in there also. <laughs> so uh, all schools I've heard of. Um, I had a stroke in my eye. <gasps> wow. What? Yeah, I had a stroke in my eye. Uh, optic nerve stroke. No way. How yep. does that even happen? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, like a lack of blood going through to the eye. Uh, a lot of people get it if they have high blood pressure, which I don't have. Huh. Uh, some people get it if they smoke, which I don't do. Uh -huh. uh, I'm in, she says, really, really good shape, so she really can't figure out how it happened. The concern is that if it happened in my eye, can it happen somewhere else? So I did some blood work yesterday to figure that out. Um, and I'm waiting for the results, which should be on Monday, and then we will take it from there. But it was a stroke of the eye. Is it is it fixable? Sometimes. Oh, okay. Yep. She said she's seen this before. Most people that have this um, lose more vision in their eyes than I have. It's usually like either half. In a lot of cases, it's all. 
So, so far, I'm pretty lucky that it's only a quarter. Wow. Wow. Yep. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, man. Um, it's oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, even worst case scenario, to be honest with you, worst case scenario, and maybe this was because I called a whole bunch of Burt's Big Adventure families and interviewed them yesterday. Uh, I was really thinking, like, if I'm stuck with this right here, it's doable. I feel like that's a testament to you and what you've been through, that this is kind of like, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The amount of stuff you've been through that you can literally not see out of a corner of your eye, and they tell you you had a stroke in your eye, and it could happen somewhere else, and it may not be fixable, and you're just over here like, okay, what's next on the schedule? <laughs> that's, it, man. that's pretty much it, man. I mean, it's doable. I can see through it. It doesn't hurt. Um, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, like hitting any 97-mile-per-hour change-ups anytime soon. Yeah. But if this is it, then then this is it. I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I, I love your mindset. I think that's the, I think that's the right mindset to have. Um, I'm just, I'm hoping for you that, that when you get your blood work back, this is an isolated event and that they'll be able to do something to restore some of your vision. They did look at my blood work and saw that my red blood cell count was high. Um, I, quite honestly, didn't Google it probably as much as I should have yesterday. And I don't know why that is. And any of the symptoms that cause that, I don't do. Like, I don't have high blood pressure. Sure, I've been going through a pretty stressful time over the course of the last 10 weeks or whatever. But I don't know if that has to do with it. But really, at the end of the day, I I think as you, maybe it's just a me thing. I just really believe a lot of this stuff's in God's hands. And this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. And if it gets, uh, if this is it, it's go- It's fine. It really is. I just don't want to have a stroke in any other area. Yeah. So I would like to figure it out because, you know, uh, for that. But if this is it, this is it. And mm. I wouldn't get in a car with me if I were you. I was scared before. <laughs> no right turns. I mean, so long as we're going to places that are left turns, we're good. But I would not get in a car with me if I have to go right. I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect for you to have a four-minute commute now. So that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I think of it, that's like a, a series of right turns also. So I have to call Uber on the way yeah. and then walk on the way home. Uh. Hey, Emily, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, all right. So, Burt. The same exact thing happened to my mother. And let me tell you, like you said, you've been going through a lot of stress. Unfortunately, my brother was a drug addict. He overdosed and died. And the same thing happened to my mom. But everything cleared up. She did not have high blood pressure. She did not smoke. It was an isolated incident. And you're doing everything you can. You can only, your body, you know, deals with stress differently. And your body just... I'm not, I didn't go to Cornell or Duke. <laughs> I, went to college, I went to college in Charleston and I'm a preschool teacher, but, you know, every, everything, take a deep breath, it's stress and it will heal up. It really will. I know that. And you're right. It is in God's hands. It will heal up. Just take deep breaths to stress as, as we all know, takes a toll on our body. Sure. So. You know, so hang in there. I It will heal up. Just know that. And you won't have another stroke. It won't, you know, it doesn't, it didn't do anything else to my mom. It was just that. But it was definitely stress. I appreciate you calling so very much. Keep, here, keep looking. Hang in there. Deep breath. Thank you. Part of my problem really is, and I'm working through this with ther- in therapy, is that I don't really have a stress gear all that much. Like, I know that the situation that I'm, I'm going through a breakup and, you know, my engagement is over. That should be a very stressful thing. I just don't engage in like stress very well. So, but your body doesn't lie to you. No, it right? doesn't. Um, yeah, I don't, so, but here we are. I, I don't really know what to say about it. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, I'm uh, glad you figured out what it is because for the longest time, we thought you might have a parasite in your eye from when you went yeah. to Peru. Well, she said, my doctor said, you know, I am so glad this is what it is because when you walked in the door and I heard, it could have been it could have been much worse. Like, she ruled out tumor right off the bat and a whole bunch of really serious things. Good. So, for the most part, this is like the best worst case scenario. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, good morning, Barbara. You're on the Burt Show. Hey, Bird. Um, I actually had the same exact thing happen to me, and it actually happened in Yellowstone. So I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Went um, to Yellowstone uh, to celebrate my anniversary with my husband, and we went to the highest point of Yellowstone the very first day. Mm-hmm. And I had the same thing where it was almost like uh, you know how when you take a picture and then you have that blob yep. still from the the flash. I had the same exact thing, came back home, and they said, yeah, you had a stroke in your optic nerve because of the high altitude. It cut the um, blood supply off. And I know that you were, what, in Peru? Yeah, and it's the one thing. I didn't even bring that up in the office meeting yesterday. That pro- that might have been a big piece of the puzzle, and I just completely forgot about that. Yeah. And when I got yeah. home, I started thinking that's something I should have told her. And based on what you're saying, yeah. it's definitely something I should have said. Mm. Yeah, I guarantee you that's exactly what they said or what had a contributing factor to it. And um, they also told me that it's kind of like a 30% chance it would get better, 30% it could get worse, and 30 it's going to stay the same. And mine basically stayed the same. And you just get used to it. I mean, i got to wear glasses even with my contacts now when I'm looking at the computer and stuff like that. But, I mean, your eye, your body gets used to it, but I had the same exact thing happen. All right. I appreciate your call. You might want to hit up your doctor and just give her so that little piece of information. The elevation thing might be a good piece. Yeah. You know, and if I can't <laughs> see out of the eye, I think I'd look damn sexy with a patch. That's <laughs> 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 the Burt Show. You're on the Burt Show. All right, there's a lot of great compliments you can get as a woman, but to me, I think a top-tier compliment that you can say is that you are a true girl's girl. Now, what is a girl's girl? Well, it's basically anybody, any woman that prioritizes her female relationships over the uh, attention or validation that they can get from men. Basically, somebody that really values female friendships and the relationships that they have within their girls. And so I actually went to go see Heather McMahon live at the Fox last week. I'd heard Bert talk all, a lot about about how she's one of his favorite comedians and I had an opportunity to sit front row. Oh, oh, front row at one of her live tapings. Nice. I could be on Netflix. That's amazing. I know. We had to stay late, which was not great for me last Friday because it was way past my bedtime. Does it, um, did they make you stay later when they're doing a live taping? So it's not like your traditional like, all right, it's two hours and everybody's out? Nope. You had to stay later in case she wanted to redo a joke because then you would need oh, certain really? reactions. So I saw her do this one joke like seven times really? and I was like, I get it. Uh, but it, it was, she did do a great job. I mean, she's hysterical. Um, she has such incredible stage presence. And I see why you would want to be her friend. She mm-hmm. seems like the kind of girl that you would want to have brunch with. I just saw you exclaim. Did you have something to add? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay, never mind. Mo was, and, and I were like curious that that happens during, I didn't know that that happens during Netflix shows. Uh-huh. I didn't know that either. I, I knew sometimes they do two takes, but like to sit there and do all of those takes and they expect y'all to, I guess, react to it like it's the first time you're hearing it every time. It was the same joke like eight different times. Come and so on, really? I'm oh. sitting there front row like, ha ha. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like pa- about to pass out because normally I go to bed at 8.30. It's like 11 at this point. And I'm like, I just want to go home. My phone's on 2%. Was so, she joking about how many times that she had to joke about it? No. No? Okay. No, I mean, and I, I, I felt bad because I understood that she probably felt bad that we had to stay yeah. there. But at the end of the day, like it's her Netflix special. She's got to be able to do what she's got to do. And I respected her for that. I just really wanted to go to bed. So the joke. <laughs> so what happens if you like want to leave? They won't let you? Oh, I ended up leaving. Yeah, oh, yeah I left early. Leave. It was like 11 and I was like, mama's got to go. You're like, Heather, you got five times to get this yeah, one right. Yeah, seven <laughs> is pushing it, man. Yes, on the seventh time, I literally stood up. And again, I'm front row in front of everyone. And I'm like, deuces. That's, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I'd just, be so nervous that she'd call you out from stage. Like, hey, you, Blondie, sit back down. I specifically did it when her director was in her face. So okay. like she would be focused and there would be some kind of distraction. So she did this Kate Upton joke like eight different times. But I loved this joke the first time around. Time four and five was a little too much. Um, but I think it was a perfect example of how I know that Heather McMahon would be one of those girls that you could keep around forever. She is a true girl's girl. So she was talking about this situation with her husband and his coworkers that I know that if this happened to any other woman, they would have had a completely different reaction. So she was talking about how when her husband worked in finance or whatever, or I think he... I think he's like a stay-at-home husband now, but he used to work, you know, corporate life, office with a bunch of dudes, you know, like very very Wolf of Wall Street situation. And I guess he had this celeb crush on Kate Upton. And so for Christmas or his birthday or whatever, they gifted him a giant magazine cover of Kate Upton on the cover of like GQ or something. The dude, his friends did? His friends did. Okay. After they, while they're still together, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like before they got together and it's like, oh, here's Kate Upton on your wall, single bachelor dude. It's this very provocative photo. I mean, Kate Upton looks great, but I mean, she's got her boobs out. She's licking a popsicle. It's very sexy. That's a line you actually don't even need to say. Kate Upton looks great. Yeah. (laughs) It goes hand in hand. Just wanted to make sure. So this beautiful photo of Kate Upton, which I guess you don't need to say, this photo of Kate Upton, (laughs) it's implied that she's beautiful, is hanging up on his wall during his entire office day. Now, if I'm somebody's girlfriend, if I'm somebody's wife and I walk into their office and there is a big ass photo of some girl and her boobs hanging out mm-hmm. with a popsicle, I'm going to be furious. I'm going to want to hurl every insult I can at this celebrity who has no idea who I am. But you know what Heather McDan- McMahon did instead? She decided to recreate the photo. Beautiful move. Exact same move. Uh, put it on like a magazine cover. I mean, it looked like she put them side by side. They're like the exact same photo, just two different women. So not only does she do that, and she replaces the Kate Upton photo from his uh, on his wall. <laughs> Again, back to what we were talking about earlier with Brittany Mahomes. You never know what celebs you're going to hang out with. I guess like a year later, they're... At, uh, spending the holidays in the Bahamas and Kate Upton is just conveniently there. No way. At like the same hotel or at, something? At the same resort? No, I think they were, you know, had private houses. These are rich, rich people we're talking about. Okay. So she, Heather McMahon posts on social media. Somehow she gets in contact with Kate Upton and they end up spending the holidays with Kate Shut Upton up. and Justin Verlander. Shut up. She's a better woman than I because <laughs> I could never sit across from my husband or, be, or boyfriend celeb crush knowing, knowing that they are <laughs> absolutely into them, but she became friends with her, and I think that makes her a true girl's girl. That's a pretty cool move right there. That most wouldn't be able to do. Would you be able to do that? Because this doesn't necessarily have to be a woman thing. It depends on if I thought the 
result of me doing it, I was going to look as good as the guy who did it first. All right, so let's say your lady now that you're saying uh, has got a thing for Michael B. Jordan. No, nope, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> you're not befriending him. You're not spending any time on vacation. No, thank it you. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> you're no. in Brazil. You cross paths with each other. You all can go out to dinner together. I'm angry that he's there. Why are you there? <laughs> go somewhere else. Brazil's, the country's not big enough for the two of you. Yeah, it's, it's a very not. small country. <laughs> Huge. All right, so um, Chris really feels like she's watching uh, the news the other day yeah. and there was a fire in Atlanta and there is a family or is it families that really need help? Families that really need help. This apartment fire is just, it was devastating. And to see the footage of it and just to know all these people lost everything right before the holidays. So at about 1030 Friday night, uh, crews received reports of a fire at the reserve at La Vista Walk over off La Vista Road. This thing burned for more than eight hours, Jeez. required 80 firefighters to tackle it. And when oh. you look at the footage, the entire top floor of this apartment building is gone. Just absolutely gone. Thank God nobody died. Mm -hmm. um, nice. One pet, I believe, was lost. Um, there was people who had to, um, were treated for smoke inhalation, but no lives were lost. But all the residents of the building have been displaced. And so... Um, what happened, what had happened was, is that Charnel Gunn and Robert Stokes were on the roof shooting off fireworks. Oh, man. And that's what started the fire. Wow. Well, he just called out the names, huh? Uh, huh? <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. I mean, they've, they've been taken in. They've been arrested. They're facing charges. What are you doing? Um, so the damage to the building is also so extensive that investigators are now assessing the integrity of the structure. But the police chief is also saying it started on the roof. And so it burned down instead of burning up, which is probably why the sprinklers didn't come on as soon as they should have, blah, blah, blah. But they're doing a whole investigation. So I saw all the coverage that WSB-TV was doing, and there are so many people that um, have just lost everything. And some have apartment insurance, renter's insurance, others don't. And WSB has started links to help out those that have been displaced because some people need like needs immediately. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, they need a coat. I mean, you talk about losing everything, oh. everything in one day. The footage is just devastating. So um, if you want to go to WSTV, WSBTV.com and check out some of their links, uh, that way you can potentially help some of these people, you know, get back on their feet or just, you know, carry them through until they can get that money back from the renter's insurance. Uh, it would just be s such a huge help because that was, it was a devastating fire. Again, it's WSBTV.com. You're on The Burt Show.